Blue Red Delver has two distinct builds without expressive iteration. How to tell which is which and how to combat them. Coming up on Eternal Dirtles. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, the Eric to my presto, Phil Blackman. The Phil Presto special. What's up? How we doing? <laughs> that was a that was a Dungeons and Dragons cartoon reference, Phil. Bro, do I do I know a good cartoon reference when I hear one? Yeah. We you know uh, we need we need to do the Eternal Dirtle Saturday morning cartoon. That's what we oh need my to gosh. put our 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 Patreon dollars into is a, <laughs> is a cartoon. Yeah, that's I think that's so yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um and and what what better way could you the viewer spend your money by backing us on Patreon for a possible cartoon that it yeah, will eventually cartoons. come up. So many Everybody wants we'll do cartoons. like several cartoons, right? Um they'll if, all be if, if anything drawn by me. We'll, we'll do we'll do <laughs> cartoons and then we'll have a cartoon uh, series on our YouTube channel. Pretty dope. So Phil, we want to talk today about about uh, determining what blue red delver you're playing against now that expressive iteration is banned, and then on top of that, uh, you know how to beat those decks. Um, yeah. So now, go ahead. Well, now that we you know now that uh, expressive iteration is banned and we're not seeing. Uh, white initiative anymore we want to we want to get sort of an idea a recalibration of the format before we go into that too far though i want to finish this off these are the last five packs oh wow we're doing it all at once we're doing the last five packs so all, all i need from, for you as the viewer here to win one of these last five packs is to uh like subscribe and comment below uh you can comment anything you want i literally don't care just a comment uh and we're going to be giving away 2004, 2022, 2021, or is that, yeah, it's 21, uh, 2006, and 2016. Those are being given off on today's episode. Uh, the rest are going in the mail. We've got one left here. Uh, and then uh, if nobody gets the rest of those, then we, I have a stack over here that haven't been claimed. If nobody gets the rest of those, we'll give the rest of those away um, on one of our next casts. Anyhow, uh, with that said, let's talk about Blue Red Delver. Yeah, so uh, I figured that it would be a good time to talk about how Blue Red has sort of defaulted post-expressive iteration ban. And I've seen, uh, looking through uh, Discord and some matchups uh, or deck lists that I've seen across various websites, playing at my own local, I've noticed that primarily there are two camps that people have moved to thus far, both of which keep the deck in only two colors. Though I have seen, uh, you know, some people like uh, Roland at my shop, I've seen sort of start to branch back into Grixis a little bit because, you know, he's always been a Grixis gamer at heart. Yeah. Uh, and, but for, for the most part, I've seen Blue Red is staying Blue Red and the camps that they're devolving into are uh, 4X Predict Builds, or spell dancer and minor misstep builds. Okay. And the the shell of Delver has more or less stayed the same. Wasteland uh, days plus threats, right? DRC is still your premier threat. Yeah. Merktide still goes over the top of a bunch of shit. Uh, Delver is still like your 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 eight through twelfth threat, and then alongside some number of Brazen Bower. So like that shell has remained intact. But like what your card advantage engine, so to speak, is post EI. I've seen people move towards predictor spell dancer and i don't think that's a secret i think that's yeah. wh where most of the community has seen stuff go as well 
But and we'll have those deck lists below so that we have like you can get get a look at the differences between those two decks too. Yeah, yeah, They're, they they are subtle differences on paper, but the way that they play out in practice are pretty different. Yeah, and the roles that they assume in a lot of matchups are going to be different, and other certain flex spots might uh, shift depending on whether or not you're on Spell Dancer or whether or not you're on uh, Predict, and. I would start by saying that I personally think that the stronger way to go in a vacuum right now is Predict. I think Predict yeah. is the stronger build as just the pseudo replacement because, um, and mm. I, I, I had a conversation with uh, people on a, on one of my Facebook chats where somebody was asking, why is Predict suddenly a reasonable thing to be playing in Delver? It never was before. And I think it's tough to remember that Dragon Rage Channeler has never existed without expressive iteration. This is true. So yeah. it, it's the only time, like, if uh, Delver had DRC before Strixhaven came out, I'm sure people would have been dabbling with Predict because the, just yeah. the, the the turn one. This is the value you can get off of knowing what's on top of your library and getting a draw to, like, obviously, right? The value is there. All of your counter magic is free. And just churning through your library even faster to turn your Merktides on quicker is, it, it's just coherent, right? Yeah. Like, that plan is just coherent. Now, I it's think it's worth mentioning the play the play pattern there for for people who aren't like super paying attention, uh, because of the way your cat like if you have DRC on the board, the way it works is that when you're casting predict, that trigger goes over the predict, and you're going to get to see the top card either way. So if yeah, you so know what it is, you're just automatically drawing two cards if you have that in play. The way that it works is that because predict you have to target on cast, but you don't name until resolution. So yeah. the surveil trigger going on top of the predict on the stack means that you'll see the surveil top card first. You just always leave it on top and then you name whatever it is with predict. Yeah. So you there there isn't selection there, right? It is entirely velocity with it's, the Yeah, it's just, just pure pure like card advantage at that point. Uh, yeah, unless you've stacked your deck with a cantrip, you're not getting selection off of the predict to like clear away chafe. You're just churning. And that's totally fine. That's like part of what DRC does for Merktide anyway. Yeah. So it, it is still coherent. Uh, and it leads towards other flex slots. Like, if you're on the main deck predict plan, it's very similar to how, like, Blue Red Delver before, when it had EI, there were builds that played, like, counterbalance and uh, maybe a couple predict is, like, to go a little bit bigger than other Blue Red decks. Like, that, that shell existed for a while where it was, like, four EI, two predict, some number of counterbalance, and it was just a much more controlling version with fewer threats than, like, the 4X Delver try and get you dead sort of builds. And the, that, the current predict package sort of leans more into that space so if you like that kind of play pattern if you like being able to shift into a more of a control role uh more routinely then that build is for you the difference though between a spell dancer build and a predict build is that i think a predict build is also going to be more difficult to play because the the number of times that you can change between roles is much much more varied like you can yeah. choose which lane you want to go down a lot more often than you can with the spell dancer build. And I think that the spell dancer builds, I mean, people are still exploring. I think that the way that the spell dancer builds need to lean, because they have the predictive option available. If you are trying to play a Mercurial spell dancer, and then any card advantage spell, whether that's uh charter course or you know, some other two-mana thing that isn't predict. The, the hoops that you're jumping through to just get the value of a predict anyway is yeah. a lot. And yeah. it just doesn't seem like it's worth the time or the effort when you could just be doing something uh, more streamlined. 
However, not to mention the value of predict if you're playing against a deck that knows what's on top of its deck and knows that it wants that thing, and you happen to know that as well, like Doomsday or something, where you have that value of being able to play the Thought Scour game with somebody. Yeah, yeah. For example, I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell you, like, I played at, at my local last week. I played a 4X Predict Mirror against Dave Kaplan, who won the SCG. Uh, he was trying on the Predict build, and it it was like a throwback to old Top Miracle days when everybody was playing 4X Predict. And the the being able to do that dance, I mean, for what it's worth, like, it's an amazing experience playing those kinds of games because every decision matters. Timing matters. Yeah, right? it's like, like playing like Dan Dan. More than one. <laughs> It's 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 really really uh, like I, I get that like some people might get turned off by the sound of a four X predict mirror, uh, but I, I can guarantee you it's, that's it's that is the like the most interactive game of Magic you're gonna get. You're literally like that's like playing Uno against one person. Like that's between you know. like both players having some number of counterbalances in their deck, and so the top card being revealed a bunch. Them having Mishra's Bobble, I had a, a, a unexpectedly absent. They had Delvers. Like the the top card and that the zone of each player's library is pretty well known a lot of the time. And being able to time properly around like instant speed cantrips, like uh, brainstorm that can mess up a, a predict if you try and target them. Like the timing and and figuring out how to navigate those are it's just incredibly precise and it's really in my opinion a breath of fresh air from what the format was so and let's not forget I, I if they're playing against it. you they have to deal with the, like they have to think about whether or not they want to uh play the faint a miracle game with you too yeah i'm also the only player that in the world that's playing <laughs> i mean just well, so just you <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really just me. But like, I, I will say that the, the, the difficulty, though, of navigating those games properly with predict between opposing counterbalances, your counterbalances, figuring out if you should be when you should be targeting your opponent, when you should just be churning yours, and figuring out what uh, what plan you, you should be on based on the role that you're assuming. Like that, it, it is way more tough to articulate that in a predict build because you can play your counterbalances and protect the queen, or you can play your counterbalances trying to lock out your opponent or soft lock your opponent. Uh, you, whereas I think with spell dancer builds, I think you are going to be more rewarded playing the spell dancer builds if you load up more on things like chain lightning and such. I think the most powerful aspect of spell dancer at this point, now that it's not able to just double up on EIs, you know, EI just made everything better. Cause obviously I, I think that the, the, the plan for a spell dancer build and looking to protect your spell dancer should just be trying to get them dead. Just hit, just attack them and dome them for eight. And if you can do that twice because your your first bolt that you doubled like got another copy, like the, it's just a two turn clock if you have enough bolt effects. So I, I think like being the aggressive build and knowing that if I'm if I'm suiting up spell dancer, that every game I go into, I'm going to assume that I'm the aggressor. Whereas with a, a predict delver list, it's like. Well, you already want your DRC on the table turn one anyway, so it's your best turn one play, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be on a 4X Delver build because Delver also assumes that you're going to be the aggressor. Now, if you want to be the aggressor, you can, and you can play a build that way, but the the there is a version of Delver that can play a more controlled game with just bigger threats, like all your Merktides, your DRCs, uh, some number of Brazen Borrower, and then maybe you can go a little bit heavier on like... Um, uh, what's the ledger shredder or like even ethereal forger just like yeah. stuff that's a little bit better with your selection and card advantage to be bigger and more controlling as opposed to on delver uh whereas if you're on spell dancer i think you just want to assume that you're going to be the aggressor at the gate and your your plan is to just get them dead it's way more similar to me like blue red prowess builds because there isn't really I see. A, like 
Like there's there's no spell dancer card, uh, like a card advantage spell that isn't just a cantrip. And if you're doubling cantrips, you're already well ahead, right? You're probably doing yeah. great. But I feel like if you're, it, also the the thing with the thing with the spell dancer lists is th that's a list that also has the ability to play iconoclast. Um, whereas I don't think you want that in the predict builds. No, I think that the the predict builds being able to trade on volume and go long is similar to what EI was able to do, although it's just like, it's not as powerful as EI. Yeah. But the thing is, is that where EI is a little bit slower, Predict can still offer you high velocity games. Like if you are against combo and you just need to get them dead, Predict is still gonna help you be able to churn uh, through to get Delirium a lot faster because it, the, I assume that most Predict builds are gonna be on four Bobble now because yeah. also just this being able seems to Bobble, like. Bobble target your opponent if you don't know your top card or if you do know your top card and don't want to get rid of it with Predict is also a reasonable line, particularly if your opponent's tapped out or if they're not on a blue deck uh, and or, or a green deck, I guess, if they're playing crop rotation. But you know what I mean. I, yeah. I think that th there's there's way more space in terms of how to approach a metagame if you're on the Predict build than you are on the Spell Dancer build. And that's not to say that Spell Dancer build isn't as powerful. I just think that you, are, you have to be more locked in or should be more locked in to playing more things like Chain Lightning or Price of Progress in the main or okay. something that, that can really get your opponent dead as quickly as possible because that's what Spell Dancer incentivizes. Like if, if you have yeah, a reach, proactive play, of course. Proactive play, it's unblockable, so you know you're already getting in for two damage. Assuming that, they, that your opponent plays at least two fetches and is down to 18, then by the time that you have uh, hit with Mercurial Spell Dancer and doubled up twice, the game should be should be yeah. over, right? Like, you should not be trying to play a long game uh, hoping that your 2-1 survives or having to protect the queen around your 2-1, as opposed yeah. to where if you're playing with DRC, the investment for DRC being only one mana is literally half of what it is for Spell Dancer. And whatever they are trading with your to get rid of your drc is going to be at parity or worse um, yeah Whereas it's almost with, always going to be up right yeah it's always going to be up. like if they have to spend at least a mana or more the only time that they're not going to be doing that is anybody who snuffs you out but if they traded for damage that's probably, probably still fine too good for you yeah with where you're at yeah. unless it's and unless then, you're playing against death shadow and then that's probably not fine <laughs> but even still like if you're playing against death shadow being able to just put more flyers in the air is is where you're going to want to live anyway yeah. and also if you're playing against death shadow and you're on some counterbalance build counterbalance is a fucking house against that deck it so, is yeah it is very much you know it th there's there's a lot of give and take but i think that the 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 trajectory of which build to to play towards if you are leaning towards Delver or want to get into Delver now that uh, EI isn't around is if you want to lean towards the predict version, I think you really, really, really should get in a lot of reps, like learning how to learning to memorize the zones that your the top three cards of your deck for the most part are just an extension of your hand. Now, yeah. as somebody who's played a lot of top miracles in my lifetime, like that just it's ingrained right being able to, to to know and care about the zone of both your opponent's library and your library that it gets a lot easier through reps now you're you're i mean i still forget sometimes you know when you're tired or you're fatigued or it's late in the day or whatever but games are won or lost based on whether or not you can remember which card that you stacked and which card that you can that you stack to get rid of with predict given your role in the matchup so it, it, it predict is the type of card that rewards reps for sure so it, it's not it, it's it's unlike where you know ei for the most part because it was just two cards for free you kind of could just jam it and you had the wealth of resources and it was good enough 
and you didn't really have to think about it. I'm just going to line up my cards. I'm going to make my land drop, and it's going to be good because yeah. the card is ridiculously powerful. Whereas because predict requires some amount of setup and has utility in certain matchups, like you were talking about, where it's important to be able to target your opponent. Like if you're playing against Doomsday, and you are aware that usually Doomsday will stack the Cavern of Souls as either the third or fourth card down, being able to know the positions in Doomsday where they're likely Pop to do it. one or the other, or if they're thinking about predict, about when to fire off that, that predict off, can actually leverage you differences in winning a match or not. And the difference of winning a match is the difference between topping and tap aiding an event, right? Yeah, So of course. It, um, it, it, I, I think I think we should. With predict, but yeah. I, I think we should spell it out for people though, because one of the things we want to make sure to uh, to do here is to be able to identify the difference between these two decks, and and then sort of go go from there on like how to combat them. So what do, what is the spell aside from seeing spell dancer? Obviously, what does the spell dancer deck have that the predict deck doesn't? that isn't either spell dancer or predict like what what play patterns are we going to be seeing that we need to that we need to identify in the early turns of a game to be like oh this is that deck well th that's a tough question in that i don't think that the spell dancer decks have refined themselves enough yeah i i, I, I see I this playing no delvers so that i guess that is one start right if you see a delver more likely it's going to be the predict deck i so I, I think it's tough right now to tell by a turn one play whether or not they're on which yeah. kind of build uh, because I don't think it's refined enough and I don't think the community as a whole has assessed clearly which one yeah. is the correct way to go and the play patterns that are different. However, you will know by the time you get to game two. Yeah, and of course. I think that the, 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 uh, if we were to assume that the Spell Dancer decks will eventually evolve to become very much more aggressive, you know, I'm talking like 2x chain lightning or something in addition to the bolts. You know, you know, like essentially they, they want to be a blue-red burn deck. Yeah. Uh, which is where I think Spell Dancer is, is maximized the most because it's the most threatening. Uh, if if you go up a bunch of cards, but your opponent is still able to remove the Spell Dancer, those cards then still need to convert and the game is going to go long. And if, I, I mean, the, it's fine. You have Murktide to clean it up, but I don't think that the deck is necessarily as well equipped to do that because you already had to put so many resources into converting the spell dancer, whereas predict ju you just got to have, to, you just went up a card. It's yeah. way cleaner. It's way easier. Well, uh, I think so. I think in, so. In terms of I, grinding, that's easier. You don't have to. It, the, the hoops that you have to jump through for spell dancer are significantly more than predict. So let's talk about then the things that you the, the things that won't give you that indicator. Obviously, uh, both these decks are going to be playing Mishra's Bobble. So seeing a Bobble on either deck isn't going to really. Uh, throw throw you in one direction, I think, because the, the bobble works with the spell dancer as well. Yeah, th there are some things, right? If yeah. a player, if, if it's if it's turn one bobble, it's not really going to tell you much. No. If they have, if it's a turn, if it's a turn two bobble, I feel like that's a play have, mistake if you're playing a turn one bobble. <laughs> not necessarily. You probably should have right? mulliganed like, your hand. <laughs> no, no, I mean there there are times where it's like if you're playing, it's not always going to be the case. But if it's turn one bobble and you want to know what kind of deck am I playing against, do I want to spend my turn my turn one cantripping for? counter magic against combo or do i want to get onto the table with a threat and not necessarily and be shields down that can be relevant you know that, sure. that can be useful so it's not it's not you know it's like if you have delver bauble but then you don't have any protection and you play against a combo deck they could just turn one you like if, you, if you're playing against reanimate or something you, there, there are things where it's possible that you would want to okay. do that right it's it's not uh, just a total wash I'm not saying that it's, it's not an ideal not first turn play, but but yeah, I get you. But it's, it's it's also not like you can also you also have like the turn one like I want to use my fetch land as an effective scry, you know, yeah. like there is there are those plays. But I think that 
if somebody plays a bubble on turn zero or on their turn one without playing a threat and they target you, they're probably less, they're, they're less going to be unprotected, I think. Okay. I, I would, I would, I would, I mean, this yeah, is so if they're targeting they're, you, they're, they're more likely on the spell dancer. Uh, the thing list. is like, all of this is grain of salt, right? I don't think yeah. people have figured out how to properly navigate with the correct builds yet. Cause I don't think they're refined, but if they play a bubble on turn, uh, without a DRC on the table, if it's turn one, they have one, if it's turn two, I'm sorry, if it's turn two and they have a land and they play a bobble and not a threat and they target themselves, I would assume that they are on predict yeah. because the information there is they can, if they have two lands, they can choose whether or not they want to play a fetch or a non-fetch and then they can predict away a card that they either want or don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, and uh, at that point, like it, it, it will come to your turn and then you'll have a better idea because they'll probably have cast predicted that way, right? Right. Well, th yeah. but th that also lets you that th there there is some amount of information to be gained in those types of scenarios where if they are if you know that they're on a predict build or if you're assuming that they're on a predict build, like let's say they go fetch they, or no, sorry, if they have a Vulcan play and on their turn two they play a bobble and target themselves before playing their land, and then they play another Vulk, that sort of signals to me, okay, they're on predict. And if they, that also would mean that they potentially also have another fetch, which yeah. would also then represent, okay, what is the possibilities of the top card of their deck? Well, if it's a land, they don't need a, they don't need a fourth, you know? So yeah. it's, 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 it's reasonable that they the top card of their deck is a land, in which case maybe it's right that I want to fight over the predict because if they already have another land I in see. hand and there's an, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it's that's very, that, very, it's that's good very nuanced subtle. play it's, too. Yeah. It's very subtle and it's very nuanced, but that's also where I mean by like the games are way more intricate because there's that kind of information to be gained, whereas there isn't in EI games. Yeah. You know, EI is just, it's just free volume. Just and just casting so EI on turn three and putting land to play just have and, to fight. and having access yeah. to, to another card, right? You kind of just have to fight over those hammers. But yeah. th that also is to say that if they're on, if Delver is going to split, right? If it's Spell Dancer and versus Predict, the tools to combat them are very different as well. So I'm in the Legacy Blue-White X-Control Discord and you know there's been a discussion about how how do you play against delver how do you board for delver stuff like that and the talk of like do you play minor misstep do you not play minor misstep because minor misstep is you know it's good against all the threats but it's not good against spell dancer yeah. so you know it's like are you supposed to, like what is the counter magic that you play in addition to force that is going to be good against the you know a broad uh spread of the field but assuming that delver is still going to be the highest percentage uh non-stompy deck yeah. And I, I was saying that I think, de if, depending on the build, if Spell Dancer stock is the one that people lean towards more, like let's say the Spell Dancer build becomes more popular, then I think Mystical Dispute becomes the stronger, uh, a stronger option. Okay. Right. Because I, I was going to say Spell up, Snare, but uh, I think yeah, snare, Mystical Dispute is is probably better uh, right now. Spell Snare also a totally reasonable option. I lean towards Mystical Dispute just because I have nightmares about a Narset or Teferi resolving against yeah. me. And so I want a counter spell that can catch. But like, yeah, Spell Snare is also fine because it would catch either Spell Dancer or Predict. Uh, but if That's you're the thing is against... that I'm surprised more people weren't playing uh, Spell Snare in the, in the uh, EI uh, era. Because it didn't have enough of a spread. Yeah. You really, you, it really only caught you just EI. just hit EI. <laughs> well, the thing is that you got to think too that towards the end it was an initiative meta, and Spell yeah, Snare and has nothing worthless. in initiative. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So you just really, you really couldn't do it because like it only caught one thing in Delver and nothing in initiative. Yeah, so it that was, makes sense. It was a tight play. Uh, 
like back in the day when Spell Snare was main deckable, it was like when Top Miracles was still around and like Snapcaster was everywhere, Counterbalance was everywhere. Yep. You know, like there were a lot of- Karmagoyf existed. Yeah, Karmagoyf existed. There were, there were, the spread for two was just way steeper than it is now where Fire Design sort of pushed everything into like Uro and Planeswalkers. And, yeah, it's, it either you know, costs, you know, or or, uh, two, two and X. Spells. Yeah, or the, or the two mana spells aren't actually two CMC like Murktide. You yeah, know? Murktide is um, a perfect example, yeah. But I think that if you're on the predict builds, a card, a card, a counter magic that goes up in stock is Flusterstorm, uh, because yeah. because uh, because the predict is instant speed, it means that they can fight because you can fight at instant speed or look to trade up cards positionally in certain board positions. So before EI as a sorcery, you kind of just have to jam, and you just yeah. jam. There isn't really any nuance to when you do it. Do I have a land drop open? Cool. Do I need to find something specific? Hopefully it'll find it. Jam, right? There isn't like, how do I time this in order to leverage it to its maximum potential? I mean, to some degree where you're like, well, I, I want to keep this for as long as possible if I don't need the land drop so that I know what tool I'm looking for. But beyond that, there isn't really, you know, a, a, a depth of consideration for when I should cast an EI. Just cast an EI, find another EI and go to town. Whereas... Yeah because predict has so much utility beyond just going up cards knowing when in different matchups to fire it off and you know the possibility that your opponent might show you the top card of their deck that's all really nuanced information that's useful to figure out your timing of predict the thing is, is that if you get into positions where you're in predict mirrors when you are firing off your predict in response to your opponent's predict because if they target you with a predict and they because we know the top card and you fire yeah. and catch it back and then and then stop their predict from converting to cards that's a big deal yeah or if you're like okay i'm going to predict target myself and then you want to go okay well i don't want you drawing two cards so i'm going to predict you in response if i have an idea of what you know cards you might have on top or even if i just want to blank you drawing two cards because i'm ahead like yeah then if you get into positions where it's like okay in response i'll brainstorm or something that like, is that is a basic one for one there right like you're you're the, the, you yeah. are you are kind of countering their spell in in the sense that they're only getting one card and you're getting one card off of it but that's positional right like if yeah, you're it's ahead all positional, and you, and, of course and, and the way that your opponent gets back in the game is they recoup some resources to be able to trade and, and get back in it then you know that that could and you don't need the cards because you're already ahead like that position is the possibility of that isn't non-zero you know yeah. like that can come up and being able to assess when that's the case is is important uh it, this is all to say that predict is an incredibly intricate and fun card to play with yeah. but the being able to know like if fluster if, if predict build becomes more popular then i think fluster stock goes up fluster storm stock goes up okay if the spell dancer build comes gets more popular then i would expect things like mystical dispute stock to go up now okay. this is all contingent on the rest of the meta of course but it's sort of indicative of like if Flusterstorm stock go up, Stifle sucks, right? Yeah. Like if if, yeah. if more Flusterstorms are played in a meta, then you then you shouldn't be on any builds with Stifle because Flusterstorm just inherently is going to fuck your Stifle, right? Yeah. Like unless you're stifling the Flusterstorm. <laughs> yeah, unless you're stifling the Flusterstorm. Yeah. Yes, good luck with that. The, the, the I mean the, the number of times where like it, it's Stifle sort of commits you to the line of having to be a mana denial deck. And yeah, the of second, course. The second that like you have enough, you you have two lands plus a fetch in play where you just don't need to to move, and you go, okay, uh, I'm gonna fetch. Your opponent goes, okay, I'll stifle your fetch. You say, okay, I'm gonna uh, uh, brainstorm in response to the 
stifle. You say, uh, okay, daze you, then you get to, uh, or whatever, and then you get to fluster and catch multiple spells. Like, it, that, that, is come, that comes up a lot. Like, it sounds like a convoluted play pattern, but like the difference between- Oh yeah, yeah, like, it's a blowout. If you, if you, yeah, have, like, if you if can you get have, a bunch of like, stuff on the stack, like, Playing, yeah, yeah. like playing uh flusterstorm almost like it like it's a uh mind twist can can truly happen like you haven't lived until you go until you're like land fetch fetch and you go fetch opponent stifle fetch opponent stifle and then you just catch both of them with a fluster uh, like uh, like two for winning with a fluster is really powerful and predict means that being able to leverage flusterstorm is going to also be a powerful tool to like get reps with like yeah. learning how to balance especially out in a in a meta where if if multiple people are playing the the predict that it's that much more likely to happen also fluster for what it's worth in my experience uh and it might be different in delver but in my experience playing fluster at least in miracles fluster is way better defensively than it is offensively yeah i mean of course so uh and that's usually just because if you're playing it defensively then you're gonna have mana open whereas if you're playing it offensively you're usually protecting something that you spent mana to cast already so you're going to yeah. be lower to be able to so in flusterstorm on flusterstorm battles the defensive player with the fluster is usually going to have the stronger fluster because they'll have more open mana because they haven't had to commit anything exactly. to the board yet exactly so, yeah so, something to keep in mind in that regard um anyway i i, I want to make sure that we're staying staying on the rails uh for the being able to tell the difference i but like I think that's where the difference in the two Delver lists are going to split yeah. and then being able to identify uh, if you're so for play pattern purposes, early games where you know that they're on spell dancer, chip damage is going to mean a lot more. Yeah, if they yeah, because you your life times, total is effectively uh, cut in half if they copy something, you know, if they copy something that's assuming that the spell dancer builds recognize that they should lean more aggressive. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if anybody else is going to agree with me on that assessment, but I think that they should go more aggressive. If that's the case, the chip damage means way more in the spell dancer builds than it does in the predict counterbalance builds. I want to so, see people playing Shrapnel Blast. <laughs> yeah, you want to just you sack your mistress bobble? Yeah, sack your bobble, right? You play your bobble, it gets a counter. Uh, then you attack, you get rid of get two of counters, here. and you shrapnel blast somebody for no, 10. Bro, you're, you're saying, all right, I don't want, I'm not going to use my <laughs> bauble to convert a card, and I have Why to Why convert have a card when you can convert 10 damage? Bro, I, yeah, I want a bauble, a shrapnel blast, a, a spell dancer that's already oiled up. And, like, I just want to, you just have all the things in this scenario, bro. Yeah, yeah. You just have it all. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, this otherwise dead card every time I don't have one of my four of artifacts. Um, but yeah, the, the, the play pattern of if you're playing against a predict build, it's more reasonable to take a couple of hits because they're not necessarily trying to burn you out. Where I think the Spell Dancer deck that's going to be optimized is going to want to be able to burn you out. You know, instead of the, the, the threshold being three, if you have a Spell Dancer on the table, the threshold is eight. And eight is a lot higher than three. And you got to be very consci conscious that if you're playing against a deck that can double up their bolts, that you're dead a lot sooner. And so yeah. they're, as the more aggressive build, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I think about whenever I see a spell dancer build, I'm treating it way more like the uh, monastery swift spear builds of old. Yeah, where, yeah. Like, where you just like shot... you, you didn't know what was gonna happen. You, you'd be like, I'm under, t I'm at ten. Who knows? Like he could bolt, bolt, and like I'm at eight. Yeah, and and yeah. then you just wait. You're dead way faster. Even stuff like you know a, a singleton or you know two of fire blast in your five uh, volcanic island deck, like. 
that that also isn't unreasonable to me as a way to just like kill somebody from 10 when you know going into the game that that's your plan you know yeah. it's like that seems like it's trash but it's it's when, if you're playing against a lot of builds you just go okay my force of wills are meant to protect my spell dancers i'm gonna oil my spell dancer and i'm gonna fucking 10 you and you're just yeah. gonna that and and kill you that way like, i think i think what, this what this informs me is that probably death shadow you know of the two decks that i own uh, now, Death Shadow and 8-Cast. Death Shadow's probably not going to be great for a little while because Spell Dancer can get, like, it can attack through. If it, if uh, I'm I'm trying to do that math with my life total where I'm like, okay, well, I want to get down to, like, 6, so this hits for 7 or whatever. You know, like, I feel like it's that much harder in a world where people are doubling spells. It depends on the spells that are being doubled. I mean, if you're doing a lot of work for an aggressive deck, then you know that you you've played against those de kinds of decks before. Yeah. Your play patterns just have to adjust to be like, okay, they'll do the work for me, so I shouldn't necessarily like fetch shock myself a bunch. But yeah. this is also one of those episodes where you know, a couple months from now, I hope that it ages well. You know, I hope that <laughs> you know yeah. people pe people recognize that uh, that the, the refinement of the spell dancer builds if it's still around is yeah we need to be on some number of additional chain lightnings or whatever and be way more aggressive and our play needs to be way more aggressive and instead of like using our counter magic to stop what they're doing if they're not combo we just have to use our counter magic to protect what we're doing and just get them dead where if you're playing predict it's like no you can make those trades based on the role that you feel like you are going to be more leveraged to play and yeah. based on what sideboard cards you see it's it's way more um uh, by the the it's way more by the moment in a predict build than it is in a spell dancer build where you're going to be like I'm going in I'm going to be the aggressor now if you're going to be on Delver in your predict build then you're like yes I'm still going to take an aggressive slant but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to always be the aggressor whereas if you're a spell dancer and you're playing a bunch of burn spells regardless of the matchup you're like I'm going to be the aggressor you know mm -hmm. unless you have to unless you're getting turn one in which case the game uh, you know you win the game as long as you don't get turn one anyway you know yeah um but so the, so yeah, yeah we've kind of we've 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 determined how to how to uh attack both these decks we've determined uh how to uh decide you know which deck you're playing um is this is, also there, there is there is a, a couple more nuances to talk about against other decks that are going to be coming into the format right yeah stompy yeah, well, stompy's build or um sorry stompy stock is going to come back like red stompy yeah uh, now that now that I mean, there's other initiatives, and we are starting to see like show. red green initiative decks because of yeah. the red the red cards. So I think initiative is is going to stick around a little bit, but I don't think that it's going to be back back at at number one. I think another I think, thing to yeah. point out is that uh, you know if you look at the uh, you know I'm just looking here on on, on MTG Goldfish for for the metagame. Uh, currently for uh, the, for the legacy metagame. Is it Delver is 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 down to to number seven right now in their like top ten? Yeah, people are trying stuff. You yeah, know, that, people that's are trying I mean. like, stuff. Yeah, Reanimator's number one. You've got Painter, Cephala Breakfast, Sneak and Show. Like Death Shadow is 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 up there right now. Wild, Eight Cast, and then uh, and then Delver, and then Blue Zenith, which whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, you know, Reanimator got a new tool in Atraxa, right? Yep. Delver got knocked a little bit and you know it was sort of feeling stale for a while so people are trying new things so and and also there's a split in blue red delver as to like what the optimal build is so yeah. once people recognize that delver is still going to be one of the you know s tier decks oh that, for sure yeah th th and, and it just gets it, the work the, the the shiny new card stuff wears off 
and you know the meta stabilizes a little bit and people commit more time to figuring delver out again and you know an optimized build comes hopefully the ei ban represents a world where there are multiple builds of delver again and the play patterns are different in that it's not just every game is just like okay it's a delver days wasteland game and that's all that matters in every deck and it always plays out the same and you know hopefully yeah. that like if if there's if there's a delver uh predict world and a delver spell dancer world though the 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 way to to play against those decks is different and so the experience will feel different yeah exactly yeah feel stale, you know? that's and that's what i always said about about the format as a whole when you have multiple different kinds of delver decks instead of just like one delver deck that is like that is the 75 you're playing the format feels better to me uh you know yeah. when when rug delver was a thing and, and rug delver is very different from from blue red delver and grixis delver as far as their play patterns are concerned uh, I felt like that 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 was a healthier metagame. Not that I think like everyone should be playing Delver and the the whole format should only be be Delver. That's mm -hmm. that's terrible. But the fact that like you're getting different play experiences every time you see a Delver hit the board, you know, it's like it's like seeing Brainstorm uh, get cast. Brainstorm gets cast in a lot of different decks. It's not just like oh I'm gonna be playing against this one style of deck. You know. Yeah, and the value of each brainstorm differs depending on what deck they're Vastly, in. Vastly, yeah. The, the, the thing that to be said about the different variations of Delver 2, if that is what comes to fruition, is the kind of sideboard cards that each one is going to play based on whether they're Spell Dancer or they're Predict also will, yeah. will change significantly too. Like if you're on the aggressive side of things and you want something that's not necessarily dealing in combat, then I, Spell Dancer is going to incentivize you to want more spells post-board. Yeah. But if you're looking to 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 fight over, uh, if if you're looking to be able to double up on spells, then you're not necessarily going to be reaching for stuff like um, maddening hex or something like that that you can't double, yeah, of even course, though it's yeah. aggressive, right? Yeah. Uh, but even still, you might still be looking if you're on the aggressive slant though, and just not entirely in on spell dancer. It's just informing your choices. You might be more interested in something like TNN, you know, still because you just want to be able to close the door. You just play Whereas, an unblockable dot deck. Yeah. Right. Whereas if you're on, uh, you know, and I've even seen the builds that are dipping into green post board to move up into Minsk just to go bigger and over the top. Okay. I've, I've seen a bunch of decks that are just like, we, we want to splash that. But there's also some things to consider if you're on a predict build versus you're on a spell dancer build. If you're on a spell dancer build and you want like haymakers against certain opponents, stuff like Meltdown is still hot, right? Yeah. Like it's a spell, it's cheap, it's going to turn your thing on, you're going to be able to oil it up and, and get to town. Whereas if you're on, a predict build it's possible that like splashing green and going back to something like ancient grudge might be the way to go you yeah. know and there, yeah. it's it's, it's very yeah. subtle but like it, it, it's stuff that that will have people will have to consider depending on the build that they want to play which is speaks way more volumes in terms of what you were doing with ei where you just got to have it all yeah so i mean looking but, at but, looking but, at this like top 10 of the metagame that that looks like you know, we've leveled out our, like, spike of, like, there were two decks that were taking up, like, you know, 20 plus percent of the meta total. Uh, now it's down to, like, it, the top two decks are 17%, but they're, they're Painter and Reanimator, which are two vastly different decks than what we were seeing before. And this is off, off of, like, Moto results, too, so it's mm -hmm. obviously going to be a little bit different. But still, like, that looks like a healthy metagame to me. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 we're still in the world that where we're settling. Like, I think Reanimator is very much overrepresented for for how good it is. Yeah. Like, though, I think people are just skimping. I mean, I know personally, like, I am still like I lose to Reanimator a lot, and it's just because I'm still skimping on it because I just don't think it's going to maintain the percentage that it has. Uh, because w w once there is more hate dedicated to it, 
it, it's like the pivot plan of going into show and tell against a deck against decks that can just be like, all right, dude, I'll just bring in my power blast when I know you have it. It's it, it becomes uh, way tougher to be able to to, yeah. to fight. Well, that's the thing about about Reanimator is there's a very easy way to like beat Reanimator. It's just like everybody everybody like turns the the eye of Sauron at Reanimator for like a week. And yeah, like yeah, that, that, yeah. <laughs> and, like, what, what, and it's like okay, I guess I won't play this for like a couple of weeks because once the hate moves towards the hate, Reanimator, the yeah. Once the hate moves towards Reanimator, then they'll start moving towards like other pivot plans that don't use the graveyard, like you know, back when they would play like show a monastery mentor stuff, yeah. out of the board or something like that. Yeah, yeah, show and tell. But then once people recognize it's like okay, yeah, my Fluster Storm still work, or you know, my uh, Counter Magic will still work against that. I can bring in Pyroblast and have them be live, like. Yeah. Uh, you know, Pyroblast is already going to be incentivized a little bit in some in some regards because being able to hit an Atraxa uh, with the trigger yeah. on the stack is still powerful, uh, especially if you're if they're behind. You know, just not letting them have the life linker. So you know, th there there is there's going to be a little bit more play to it. But like, yeah, the second that people want to not lose to Reanimator, you can just fucking not lose to it. Uh, yeah. You just have to dedicate enough to it. Uh, one thing that I should also point out, I was thinking about this the other day. The uh, the consensus that like you people board more heavily for combo and that most of your more of your sideboard should be dedicated yeah. to combo and this can be a different episode but <laughs> it, it, it it stems from the idea that you should be more heavily built towards making sure that you don't die to combo post board because the number of turns that you have in a game against combo are fewer yeah so i agree against, yeah. uh, against decks that are grindier if it if or when you go up or down a card, is it necessarily backbreaking all the time? Whereas if you don't have the tools you need against combo, you're just dead in the first two to one to three turns. So yeah. like you you have to be well stocked up. That's a, that's a whole different that's a whole different yeah. topic. But like you know something something to think about as we're talking about different yeah. strategy different sideboard strategies against certain things that when Delver's adapting. Yeah, well I think that that's a good place to cut it. Um, again, uh, please like subscribe. Uh, comment for these uh, these packs. I want to get these out. I want to be I want to be done with the thirtieth countdown thing. I'll come up with something else to give away. Yeah, seriously, guys. That. Every time every time Zach brings it up, it's just a reminder that he beat me in that the, when we were in the finals of that side event that he beat me, and I can't I can't unlive it if we just keep pulling that's, these packs. That's out a great thing to comment, team Team Zach or Team Phil for the next for the next meetup. You know, like I mean, at uh, this point, I'm Team Zach. Win. I just want the pack. Just get them off. Just get them out of here. <laughs> Who do you, you know, the next time we meet, we meet up uh, physically, will it, will it be Phil or will it be Zach? Right now I have a vast advantage. Like I think uh, that Grand Prix in like 2014 was our last like big time matchup uh, in like the eighth round of, <laughs> oh, and, of like a modern you, are, tournament that was like storm versus storm. Are you undefeated against me? And in, in I don't events? think I'm undefeated against you, but I, 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 and, I honestly and, don't remember when all it the counts. times we played against each other. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I only distinctly remember, I, I remember Eternal Weekend and we were in the finals because I was like, this is awesome. And yeah. then he crushed me. But I don't remember beforehand, but I, I totally would believe that we were in a storm mirror and I, I got it was I got It was in the Richmond Grand Prix. That's like, uh, I, I feel like that's when like we first like really were like, hey, this is a guy I know like kind of situation. We were like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, there you go. I see you all the time. You see me all the time. And then we You're were both, both on the same deck. We were both, I mean, at that point, the reason that I lost was probably because I was trying to play Epic Experiment. You and... were definitely trying to play Epic Experiment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For those of you, for those of you uh, who remember those days back when yeah. people would play Pyromancer's Ascension, Modern Storm. And when people <laughs> bring him Graveyard Hate, you'd be like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to make a bunch of mana and cast Epic Experiment, yep. flip over how much of my deck. And then uh, ideally you would be able to stack your deck or st stack the stuff so that you would remand and bounce 
uh, another epic experiment and then just keep storming out and flip your deck. And it's super <laughs> sweet, but like you can't do it until you have like, you know, until you way later in the game. Yeah. Well, anyhow, I think that does it for us this week. Uh, thank you everyone for watching all the stuff, like comment, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, join us on our discord at link is below as well. Um, have a great one. Hey, thank you for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Check out this other video. And if you can, please support us on Patreon.com.